Hello, welcome to episode 13 of HR Unplugged. In this episode, we're talking about your professional growth and development as an HR leader in the new year. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 13. Who will you be as a leader in 2023? I can't believe it's episode 13. I can't either. And I can't believe we're at the end of 2022 and 2023 is around the corner. I mean, this is, this is an amazing time. I know it's busy. Thanks to all of you that prioritized us. Well, just as a few different announcements for you before we dive into the topic, HR Unplugged is now live on major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review. We're both on Apple and Spotify. We will be posting episodes and content weekly there. And as a reminder, we do have a new Slack community called HR Heroes, and we'll have an HR Unplugged channel where you can post your questions early to have a better chance of getting answered. It is a chance to continue the conversation after each episode to continue to learn. It helps us decide on future topics by slacking them into that channel. We also invite you to visit us at bamboohr.com slash hrunplugged. You can view the latest episodes of the series on demand, and you can also sign up to be invited to all future episodes of HR Unplugged by clicking subscribe to the series. You can also find links to the podcasting platform from this page. For today's episode, it's our final episode, like we said, on professional growth and development. We've spent a lot of time talking about the different aspects of professional development, and we have really covered a long list of topics. As we close out this topic, we thought it would be a great time to look ahead at 2023 and really dive into the discussion about who we are going to be as leaders in the upcoming year. So Anita, I, I know we broke down our topics today into four main categories. Can you walk through that for the audience? I sure can. So I'm really excited about this because I think our energy and our focus as HR leaders propels organizations. And so when we can harness that energy and put it out, it's just, it's really special. And I want to make sure that you know, we spend some time doing that. So at a high level, we want to talk about ways we can adjust our leadership plans and goals for the next year. And we have these four areas, like Vanessa said, one, stay aware about your thoughts and actions. Um, and what I mean by this is that you're always creating. And I'm sure some of you have some great stories. I'd love to hear about them in the chat. I have many where it's like, I thought you said this and I was supposed to go do this and it happens. Like I like the analogy of a bat and sometimes I swing this bat, but I don't realize how long the bat is and how many people I take out with a swing. And so I work really hard to be really intentional um, or think of something simple. If you are going into the office and you walk in and you're really mopey and sad or thinking about something that happened over the weekend, all that energy filters out into your team and everybody thinks it's always about them. And so I want you just to be aware that you're always creating. Um, you're creating in your body language most of the time and in your physical language. So let's be thoughtful about the things that we spew out of this, of this tool that we have that sometimes we're not as disciplined to. The second area, which I'm really excited is to create a vision. And you know, you'll know, you hear me talk about this a lot, like we're going through our own org design um, renovation right now at Bamboo. And so I'm like, what, what is our HR team's vision for how we're designing our org and how does that play out? 
What is the vision around how we want people to experience our merit, our market, our bonus cycle happening in Q1? And that helps define the plan. So always start the work with a vision that ties back into that Oreo cookie, right? Of our mission, vision, strategy, and values, driving performance into the business. So that stays constant in this. The third one is the awareness if the beliefs that you have in your brain are driving you further towards the vision you have from yourself or further away from the vision that you have for yourself. So we're going to go deep on that. And a lot of us want to inspire our teams and our customers before we inspire ourselves. So this segment is dedicated to all of you. I want you just to invest into yourself for this session and this is our gift to you, our investment in you to have the best 2023 ever. Thank you, Anita. And some of you have who've joined us before know that we love to check in with the audience before we explore our topic for each session. So before we get started, we, here's a poll that we're going to, to put up on the screen. Which of these leadership practices would be your highest priority for next year? Number one, Stay aware about what your thoughts and actions are creating. Two, create a vision. Three, notice if your beliefs are driving you closer to your vision. And four, inspire yourself first. I can't wait to see. What's yours, Vanessa? I think it's it's kind of, for me, it's uh, inspiring myself first. I, I'm really big on the vision boards and everything, but sometimes you just have to generate that inspiration for yourself and working on that self-talk. And I think that that's super important to constantly uh, navigate and work through. And so I'm really excited about that piece. Yeah. And like Karen says here, it's kind of a trick question. Um, they are all so good and they actually have an order. And so um, all the rest can be generated out of one. So it'll be interesting to see where we get, but we'll, we'll take down all four. It was just going to be interesting to see where you all saw the priority. I love that perspective as well. It's like not honing in on just one. It's like, yes, they are all super important. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, awareness about what your thoughts and actions are creating. Yeah, this is so good. If there's probably a skill, I'd love our team at Bamboo to really to really work on learning. It's um, second and third order consequences, right? So if I make this decision and I execute on it, what happens next and what happens next and what happens next? And I love to play out that chain um, to see what, what could happen. And oftentimes it will affect the initial first order decision. So yeah, let's spend some time there. And then we're tied on creating a vision, inspiring ourselves first. And um, notice if your beliefs are driving closer to your vision. So yeah, we'll talk about that too. Well, good. I'm excited to jump into it. Yeah, me too. And it's like you said, it's like a domino effect. Yeah, yeah. And so um, let's start, let's start with um what a thought is and what a belief is because they're really different. And if you think about this as like a pyramid, I want you to put thoughts and beliefs at the bottom. So thoughts are the concepts and emotions our brain serves up to us every day. And I want you to Google this. If you Google how many thoughts your brains like serve up to you in a day, I think it's north of like 25,000, 
right? So you're just constantly like, it's going, it's going, like it's firing on all cylinders. I think this is why I'm so grateful that meditation has become such a hot topic because part of self-awareness is knowing what thoughts to attach to and what thoughts that you just let roll, roll right by. So that those are thoughts. Beliefs are different. Beliefs are thoughts that you keep thinking and eventually you attach to. And I'm serious, you do attach to them. If you think them enough, they will become buried into your subconscious. And this is another thing, if it's unfamiliar to you, because I know this can get a little bit cerebral, but what I want you to know is that scientifically, your subconscious runs your systems. You're not run through your conscious brain. So when you think something enough, so um, so try on try on this this thought that could become a belief. Um, it could be, I'm really not good at math. 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 Um, I, I was checking out at some store this week, you know, during my last, my cyber month, it wasn't cyber because I was in a store, but anyway, I was checking out and the woman at the front desk, she's like, I don't do math. I don't do math. Right. And all of a sudden that buries into your subconscious level and you don't do math right? You just don't. That's just how you've been brought up. So the thought when repeated enough times becomes a belief. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. I don't know if you knew this, uh, like you probably have read about the study that was done years ago from Keith Stanovich and Richard West about system one, system two thinking. So if yeah. anybody interested in diving deeper into that, like what you're saying, like it, going into the brain and understanding that it's, it's really interesting how that affects our decisions. So what, what do you recommend Anita we do to stay aware of what we're creating from our thoughts and beliefs? Well, so what's so amazing to me, and I'm curious how you all see this. I don't know why we don't talk about this in leadership development. I don't know why we don't talk about this in HR. I don't think there's a better conversation for us to be in right now, because in these years where we've become so disconnected and we're not going in and seeing each other as much as we did before, either at work or in our personal lives, a lot of what's happened is we've created beliefs that may or may not be true. And so, you know, and we've seen this happen. I mean, COVID is a really fun one to play with. You had a lot of the population that believed in masks. You had a lot of population that didn't believe in masks. Like, think about that. That's a great example of thoughts becoming beliefs. And so I think my question for you in this, especially as you think about your role as an HR leader, is that are your beliefs what you need to be as an individual or a head of HR? And I really want you to encourage like you're actually two selves. So like if we think about the Roe versus Wade decision, I never have voiced to any of my colleagues what my personal thoughts are. I went back to saying, what's the mission of Bamboo HR? And I said, based on setting people free to do great work, do we take a stand on this decision that was made by our government? And my answer is we're setting people free to do great work. We're setting them free to make their own choices. And we support all the choices in it. We're not here to judge how people feel about things because we want to value all opinions. We want to be inclusive about all opinions. And as a leader, that's who I'm going to be. Do I have a personal opinion on it? Yeah, I do. But it's not my job to share my personal opinion. And so this is really where I think our function can evolve and become more strategic around being really thoughtful of what are your beliefs and are they serving you? This was the third one. Are they getting you closer to your vision or pulling you closer away or further away? Like as I looked at my LinkedIn feed, everybody that was posting on there also posts about inclusion. So they would post about inclusion and then at the same time, they would bash anybody that had a different thought or a different belief. 
right? Because a lot of people were sorting through it. They just had a bunch of thoughts. There were a bunch of people that had like strong belief systems. There was the majority that had a bunch of thoughts and weren't really sure where they were at. We saw that. And then we saw all the rest of it. And so I want you to be really clear where you are in it before you get into it as your role of HR, because it's really hard to separate. So here it's like, we, it is, it's where HR loses credibility. So I value inclusion, but I don't want to talk to you if you see differently than me. Complete hypocrisy in the system. And so I just want us, like, if there's something I'd encourage you to focus on for 2023, it's focus. It's focus on where you are, center yourself before you respond to anything. I took the entire weekend and I decided I was not going to post on LinkedIn about it. I did a bunch of stuff on the inside aligned with my CEO and our leadership team and with, with our, with our leaders, but just take a minute um, to make sure that um, you are coming from a place of authenticity for the organization. And it may be different than how you feel, how you feel personally. Well, that seems like a really a, a good muscle to build as an HR leader. And because you're it's 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 balancing and kind of like you're you're saying that is like taking a step back and looking at it at a different view and removing yourself from that. It is. It is. And this is where, you know, there's a lot of good comments where I think it's challenging when people say they want to bring their whole self to work. Yeah, I hear you. I think that's tough. I think there's some roles like I think in our job, there is not whole self to work. There's only one self for me and it's, it's commitment to our mission and our values. That's why mission and values are so important when you take a job like that's it. If you can't line up behind it in this seat, you're really not going to be set up for success. And then if employees come and say, oh, you just don't like me. It's not my performance or attendance. It's something else. You just want to get rid of me. That's where these processes have to be locked up. And they must be measurable and they must be inclusive. And this is where you have to take all these opportunities to voice really what you want around your strategy so that people can see it all over the business. And it's just not these one and done type things. They've got to tie it together. It's why in 2022, our theme has been the Oreo. And I think we'll keep it for 2023. Mission, vision, value, strategy, performance in the business, program in the middle. That way there's no surprises around how we're showing up. Like eventually when you have this in place long enough and it takes years, like it'll probably take us, I've been at Bamboo now nine months and it'll take us four years to really get this integrated because there's no communication or project or anything that doesn't start with mission, vision, values. And then people will start getting used to that narrative all the way through because people are so distracted right now. They're so distracted. I mean, how many of you are listening to some version of me and you're looking at your Slack and your husband's texting you on your phone or whatever, you know, you are, something's happening. And I really want to encourage us to focus and focus will help us drive what we want in outcomes. Soccer game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I know it's big. It's really, it's, it's a good distraction. Yeah. Good call out too, is that, that focus is super important. Well, our, our going into like our second topic for today, um, it's about creating a vision. And as a leader, this is a critical part of our jobs. So let's get into it, Anita. Let's get into it. This is my favorite part. Okay. So once you understand your thoughts and beliefs, and I'd love for you to take some homework and write down the thoughts that pop into your mind and the beliefs that you really attach to. One of your beliefs is that you might be a multitasker. And I really want to push on this because your brain is not designed to multitask. It's just not. Like the human brain isn't developed for that. We force it to doing it, but it's not the highest and best use of what we can do. 
So focus is really, really critical. And the purpose of a vision is to create focus. So like, let's say that you have um, this belief that you're not good at math. I don't do math. In your vision, you might say, hey, I really want to be a doctor. And so I have to fight through this belief that I'm not good at math to become a doctor. Because as a doctor, I'm like prescribing medicine. And I know I just took, we've had strep throat running rampant through our family for the last 15 days. And I know to get the accurate strep throat antibiotic, which is in shortage, by the way, if you have amoxicillin in your fridge, please keep it. Don't throw it away because it's getting harder and harder to get. But so I had to give my seven-year-old a giant shot, literally this big of really thick fluid of amoxicillin because they did not have um, they did not have tablets available. And the way they dosed the medicine was on her weight. And so if I want to be a doctor, and that's what I'm really committed to in my vision, yet I have this belief that I don't do math. I have to work through that. And so in my vision, I'm going to want to hardwire my subconscious for who I want to be. And you don't come out of, I'm not, I'm going to make myself better at math. You come from the vision of, I want to be a doctor and to be a great doctor. I have to be wonderful at diagnosing and then prescribing drugs accurately for my patient. So do you see the difference? I'm not talking about math. I'm talking about the outcome that I want to create. And this is really an important part of being a leader and writing down your vision can really help you achieve it and keep it as a priority. I keep mine in front of me all the time and it helps me prioritize my day. Um, there's a great course that I took early on in my career. I don't know. I think, um, I think it's called five choices now through Franklin Covey. It was called focus on your highest priority when I took it. And it talked about like in your vision, it should be um, your whole self, right? So in my vision, it talks about who I want to be as a team member, who I want to be as a leader, who I want to be as a mom, who I want to be as a partner, who I want to be as a friend, who I want to be as a daughter. And it's kind of cool to do it role-based. And through those roles, you can say, this is who I want to be as a, as a leader. I want to be a compassionate, people-first, results-minded, and outcome-driven HR leader for Bamboo, right? And so my actions are driven around those things. You know, for one out of every five small business owners that use a vision board, 76% of them say their business is where they envisioned it to be. And I can tell you, I've kept, I've got, I've got them here in my office. I've got my original vision board that I, um, I did uh, 15 years ago and we, um, we couldn't have babies the traditional way we had to go through IVF. So on my vision board, I have baby faces. My kids laugh at me. They're like, who are those kids? I'm like, it was you before you showed up. Right. I didn't know at that point we'd have to go through IVF. I just wanted to have healthy babies. Um, you know, until we got to this house in Utah, I never had like a decorated master bedroom. So on our vision board, I had this beautiful master bedroom. And finally, I have it, right? Like finally, this place where I spend a lot of my time is a place that I feel really cozy in that nourishes me with an environment that I really like to be in and rest in and recover in. And that's on there. And so it's really funny to go like funny. It's really awesome to go back and look at these vision boards and they actually happen. I mean, my husband and I would write our dreams of businesses on the back of bar napkins and almost all of those over time have happened. And so I really believe in this statistic, you know, 82% of small business owners that used a vision board from uh, the get-go report said they've accomplished more than 50% of the goals they included on a board. So if writing's not your jam, 
um, you know, your brain thinks in pictures and it also thinks when you write really small, cause you have to have more focus to handwrite small text. So pick whichever one works for you and definitely start crafting it. Well, I love it. And thanks for the vulnerability in, in that conversation too, Anita. And one of the things that you talked about was hardwiring into your brain, those beliefs, like with the, I'm not good with math because Karen Vargas asked a really good question. I'd love to, to hit on it. Do you have an example for believing in great time management skills? Yes. Yes. So the first thing is that you have time for everything. I believe I have time for everything. So I actually eliminated the excuse. I, I work on this. I think I'm like 98% there. I work really hard to not say I don't have time. I, what I say is I chose not to prioritize this. That's the honest statement. I chose not to prioritize this because I, you know, I believe that what is matters to us, um, you know, gets done. And I like to be really honest with myself. And the first place I'd like you to play with this in is the um, the commitments that you make to yourself. Like how many times have you said, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. and work out every morning. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to eat really well this week. And I want you to think about how, how well you make and keep commitments to yourself. And what I found when I did this inventory is I was really poor. I was really out of integrity at the amount of times I promised myself I would do something and how I delivered on it. And a great example is if you do have little children, man, they're truth tellers. Um, it's like, oh, hey, uh, mommy, will you come do this for me? Yeah, mommy's finishing up a phone call. I'll be there in five minutes. So now if I say that, this is why I want to challenge the garbage that comes out of our mouth on a daily basis. Um, if I say I'm going to be there in five minutes, I'm going to be there in five minutes. I'm going to show them that they can count on me and be there in five minutes. Same with your team members. If you say, I'm going to report back on this by this time, to report back on that time. Otherwise, they'll never take a deadline seriously. So I really want you to look at what's most important to you, prioritize those things. And time management is as much, if not more, about saying no as it is about saying yes. And we work on this as a team all the time. Uh, we were just in a meeting earlier today where somebody said, hey, I'm not going to be able to get that to you unless I work after hours. And I said, great, I don't want you to work after hours. So when can you get it to me by? And she's like, oh, Thursday at noon. And I'm like, well, that's reasonable. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday today, right, Vanessa? I'm in Tuesday. For some reason in the holidays, I don't know what days it is. So it's Tuesday. Yeah, I can wait 48 hours for that. That's not a big deal. I don't want you to work 48 hours or, you know, after time for something that's not really important. Let's clarify, but then let's deliver right? Like let's put in a calendar appointment and deliver on it. Um, always look at your schedule the night before to make sure your day is set up for success, right? When you're saying no to things, make sure you're saying, hey, these are the things I'm focused on. If you want to bump one of those to put this in its place, I'm happy to do that. Just let me know which one I'm bumping. And here's the downside risk of bumping that thing right now. And it doesn't have to be heavy. It can be really upright and direct. Time management, uh, there's a book, Atomic Habits, um, and that's a really great one on time management that's come out in the last few years. I've heard some really good things about that book, and I, I love how you kind of hit on that topic of like making that those commitments and committing to them and, and how sometimes we do make those excuses of like, oh, I just didn't have time, but it's not prioritizing that time. I love uh, Eleanor O'Brien, I loved your comment. I keep commitments to others better than to myself. We all do that all the time. It's so much easier. And sometimes that 
that is detrimental to ourselves and a part of Anita, kind of what you're saying includes the, you know, making sure you prioritize yourself as well. I a hundred percent cannot be effective anymore doing that. I have to prioritize myself, like my body and my everything just won't allow for it anymore. So if I don't put myself on the game plan for the week, then it doesn't happen. And everything hits my calendar. So all the girls school um, things are on there. Like all my personal birthdays and commitments and things I want to do for my family and friends, those are all on there. And all my work is on there. So they get, I get a full view of all the things. Um, and you know, some weeks I had a week, four weeks ago, it was hard. I felt like I was off, you know, and then I readjust and you get back on track. So it's, it's an evolution. Well, how do you recommend people start working on their vision? If, if they've never created a personal vision before, what should our audience do to start 2023 off right? So, I mean, I think it's a time where you, um, I used to look at pictures a lot. So I would cut out pictures and put them on the board. Now, this is my current version right here. And it was just really focused on words for me. So this is kind of where I associate things. Um, for me. Um, and it changes. I kind of feel like I want to go back to the pictures a bit for 2023. So I'm kind of battling with both of these. It's, um, you know, or you could use the the tool, but I would start playing with it. And then as you look at it every day, figure out what's missing, what you wish was there, um, those types of things. Um, so I, 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 it's really a personal choice and you just kind of have to play with it. But you'll be amazed at at what comes out of it when you focus on this and you look at it every day. As it went, as soon as I saw it, the word that came to me was beautiful. Ah, oh, <laughs> on mine. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you, thanks. Yeah, it's, this this has been a good one. What were you gonna say? No, it's it's interesting to see like diff, different types of vision boards and ideas of how to create inspiration for ourselves and. It, maybe it's it's just a sticky note on your desktop where it's like that's a vision or it's you know a list of different words or maybe it's a a vision board of pictures i just to give an example a few years back i had a meeting with one of our hr leaders because i really wanted to get into leadership and i had asked like hey can can you mentor me i'd love to to learn more about how do i get there and the first thing that she said was well create a vision, create a vision board, and then come back to me. And so we created this visual. And, and I know some of you were asking about like some links to some fancy vision boards. You can just use PowerPoint or Google Slides. That's what I did. I just picked a slide and added in a bunch of pictures. And then I had a different slide with words that were inspiring to me. And it was something that I, I could, you know, take a screenshot and put on my desktop. And so it could be something just even as simple as that uh, to help drive that future vision for yourself. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I love all those ideas, Vanessa. And the biggest thing is just to keep it in front of you. And then right now at the end of 2022, I'm doing an inventory saying, how do I grade myself to these things? And then I'll kind of use that as I work on the evolution of this into 2023. I love that. Well, let's, let's do a, a deeper dive into how we can notice if our beliefs are driving us closer to that vision we've created. So Anita, what, what do you think, or sorry, what do you recommend we do to keep ourselves like on track? Yeah, I want to, um, a good friend of mine wrote a book. It's called the, a cloudless mind. 
Um, you can order it on Amazon. It's a really easy read. But the way he talks about it, I love it because it's easy for me to um, visualize. Um, so he talks about thoughts as clouds, right? So you have all these clouds that pop up in your heads. And on these clouds, um, you can say, hey, like, do I like that? Like, but a lot of times those clouds, our brains are hardwired to serve up negative clouds more than they are positive clouds. So um, like, I remember when I first had Kaylin and as a new mom, I was paranoid that I was going to kill her, right? Like I would drop her off the diaper changing table into the diaper genie, or like, I just wasn't going to get it. And I found myself like at I, when I would nurse her to go to sleep at night, I was really overwhelmed with negative thoughts about my inability to be a mother. And so I just created this thought pattern that anytime I saw that negative cloud, like popping in of like, you're a sucky mom, you're going to drop her, like, you're not going to be able to keep her safe, all of those things. I would like, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to think of this little girl as a healthy, strong, beautiful, abundant girl with a dream inspired life, right? And so I just now, every time I have thoughts, the things that worry me, and now that thought is hardwired into the girls. So if they're having, you know, they're worried about something before bed, I'm like, who are you? And Kaylin's like, I'm a healthy, strong, beautiful, abundant, and I have like a dream inspired life. And I'm like, that's who you are. Right. And so I think that's part of like what you, what you have to hard, hardwire. And I really want to talk about, um, this comment in the, in the, um, in the chat, the paranoia of what if as a mom is overwhelming. And so I want to talk about the term overwhelm. This is, I have a deep relationship with the term overwhelm because I do think it's something that, you know, I, I have struggled with a ton. And what I've, what I've come to associate overwhelm with is it is a cloud, just like anything else, whether it's, I'm not good enough, or I just want to please, or I'm not going to ever be able to figure it out, or I don't do math or any of those things. Um, I am overwhelmed is also that. So I have replaced over overwhelmed with I am calm. I'm calm. I'm focused. I know what matters most to me. And so just by being aware, because I know that if all I do is think all day, I am overwhelmed, I will just show up overwhelmed. And then if you go back to my vision, overwhelm isn't on my vision, right? I want to come in with a blank mind. I want to love completely without judgment. If I have overwhelm in my way, that inhibits me from being my best, from living into my vision. So I've got to find a different relationship with these words. And I want to hardwire them into who I am as a human. And so I really want you to play with these things of like, if you're having paranoia, if you're having, you know, um, overwhelm, what can you turn it around to be? Because constantly driving that thought will drive it into your subconscious. And that is how you will show up every day. Like it's simple things. It could be funny, but if you say I'm a hot mess enough, you will be a hot mess every day. And so I'd rather just say, I'm a gorgeous, beautiful, whatever, like pick, pick whatever different thing is. And it, you will show up to that every day. I promise if you, if you play with this, you'll find great success in it. And if you have a Siri at home, you can ask for pep talks daily. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Siri is a great pep talker or seriously put it in the, in the um, Slack channel. Like I, if anybody needs a pep talk, we had our team building yesterday and I was talking to a team member and it was just out of the blue. He came to me and he said, sometimes I just struggle with staying positive, even through the holidays. And I said, anytime you feel that way, please text me. And I, I do the same thing. And my, my things to get back to positive are Christmas music right now. Um, but you know, for me, we've talked about this going outside is a big one for me. 
um, you know, or doing something with the girls because they're such present creatures. I love the gift of just being present and finding happiness and simplicity. But I said, just text me. So just put it in the Slack channel. You can get the pep talk there. I, I can guarantee we're all very good at giving pep talks. So why not help each other out? And I, I love what you were mentioning, Anita, as well, because it's, it goes into that whole idea of imposter syndrome that sometimes like with any leader, especially in HR, there's so much, um, you know, trust from so many different people and we're relied upon for, for advice. Sometimes you can feel, oh my gosh, am I really good enough for this? Do I really, you know, have all the things that I need to be resourceful and like helpful to the organization and, and not allowing that imposter syndrome to take over to where, like you said, it can affect how we show up. And so changing the way we talk to ourselves is super important. And I love that we've named all these things. Like, I love what you're saying, Vanessa, and imposter syndrome can be a real thing. And I love that we've named it as imposter syndrome, but the more we focus on, I have imposter syndrome, the more that becomes real to me. And so whatever, and this goes back to the theme of focus, wherever your focus is, it will become big and real to you. So that's why I want you to replace that word, Vanessa, with something, you know, that gets you to rethink um, your relationship with it. Yeah, that's a really good thought. If it, I, I'd love to hear from the audience too. Like if there's, if there's a different word that you've used for imposter syndrome of like how to show up different because you're right, it's it changing the verbiage can change the whole mindset of it. You know, one thing I think um, one, I think it was a TED talk and I love this saying. So whenever I doubt my ability, it's not fake it till you make it, fake it till you become it. And so I just love that change. So anytime I feel over my head or like I sold ahead a bit, I'm like, just fake it till I become it. Like fake it till I become an expert and like learn. And, and, and it's not meant to be coy or, um, or diminish, but it is about, yeah, I love this. I'm not enough. I am built for this. Totally. I love that turnaround. You know, part of it is just saying, I'm going to learn. And that goes back to my vision. I'm going to learn and I'm going to be, um, one of the things that scared me most early in my career was compensation. Compensation, I think, scares a lot of us. And so I just invested a ton. I invested two full years and I was in that job. I was head of compensation, right? And I did everything in that to become really, really knowledgeable about compensation. And now it's just such a um, it's such an important part of our work. But I, I just find anything that I'm afraid of, I fully invest in so that I be, can become an expert in that area. I love what Jennifer, uh, I'm so sorry if I mess up your last name, Grindrod, uh, focuses like driving in the dark, uh, wherever, whatever your headlights are pointing at to focus, that is where you still drive. So we need to focus at the wheel to where what the headlights are illuminating. It is so true. Jennifer, I don't know if you've ever, if you all, if you haven't done this, give yourself the Christmas present of driving. Um, Bondurant is in Arizona, which where I'm from. And um, I live in Alaska. So dark and a lot of driving right now. I love it. But if you could ever go drive race cars. So race car drivers always look ahead, uh, ahead of where they're going. Like they're not like when you drive around the track, you look at the next curve. You don't look at the current curve. And it's a great leadership example, just like this. Great example. I love that. Well, we talk a lot as leaders about inspiring our, our team members to do their best work. That doesn't work if we can't inspire ourselves first. I know we're kind of hitting on that a little bit. So what is your advice 
for folks looking forward to 2023, like those race car drivers and trying to shift into the inspiring leader they want to be, what, what advice do you have? Look, you don't have to inspire anyone if you're inspired, right? Like if you show up and you're passionate and you're energetic about what you're going to do, it just is going to create naturally. You don't have to do anything. And that's the beauty right? People will want to follow that energy. They're going to want to follow that like passion for what the work is because you see so clearly where you're going. So, so it actually helps you. There's less to do when you take care of yourself. And so, and then when you share it, like, I mean, I really would love um, this group to share your vision in the Slack channel because then we can all support you. We can help you. We can show passion and excitement for what you're doing. And it will naturally inspire us because we can see your words. And so I really, um, I really want you to see that we've got to practice what we preach, right? And we know, like, if you go to one of my great teachers, Jim Collins, that the most successful companies that outperform the general market for a decade with 10x returns to the general market have vision and mission statements. And so you can actually go and look at those vision statements, and they're a great tool for this. But you will perform better than other HR leaders if you have a vision for yourself and you'll overperform for your organization and to go and share it with your founders and CEOs, share who you want to be and they'll help you help you grow into it. I love that. And and one of the things I was thinking about is I, I remember having somebody who uh, had wanted to get, they're, they're looking into an HR career, you know, they're a little bit greener in their experience and had wanted other, they were re relying so much on other people, giving them the self-talk and the affirmations and the, the growth and like, tell me all, all the things that what I'm doing well and do it once a week. And the, it was kind of saying, okay, well take away that perspective. What are you doing for yourself? What's the yeah. self-talk you're giving to yourself? How are you inspiring yourself? And because if, like you said, if we can't do that, we're going to crumble. We're not going to be able to uh, execute on that vision and also inspire others if we can't do that for ourselves. So uh, I, I love that, that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we can do this. And look, are there days that I struggle too? Yes. And who do I, what do I do? I call Vanessa, right? I call other people and I'm like, help me see what I'm not seeing here right? Or let's go have peppermint Jojo's from Trader Joe's and it'll be better. Let's go for a hike or let's go for a run. You know, let's figure out what we can do to refeed ourselves. And so, yes, we must put on our own mask first on the airplane. And I really think after three long years um, and a time that hasn't been easy and 2023 friends, we know isn't going to be any simpler. It's going to be laden with its own challenges and we need to be strong. We need to keep all of our energy about us. We need to keep our focus laser, laser sharp. And I promise you, if you go with me on this journey and you really invest in yourself on your own vision, we will, you'll come out ahead on it. Well, anything else you'd like to add on ins ins inspiration? I want to see him. I want to see him in the Slack channel. So I really want us to be that inspiration for each other as well as we are for ourselves. Post this in the Slack channel so we can be there for you. Um, and I'm so grateful for all the work you're doing out there. I hope you get time to do your favorite things as maybe things slow down here over the next few weeks. So always wonderful to be with everybody. Yes.
Well, before we wrap up, I'd love to open up the conversation to the audience. If anybody has any final questions that they'd like to discuss with Anita and I, uh, let's open it up. So I'll just wait a minute here if anybody's got anything and. Yeah, this is our last one of the year. So we want to make sure you have everything you need. Um, anything's on the table, you know, Vanessa and me can ask us anything. So, so put it out there. I'm on the edge of my seat. Wait, like, Waiting. oh, it's gonna get asked. I'm excited. I know. I know. <laughs> Jennifer, how many hours of dark is Alaska right now? Is it 20 of the 24? Is it 18 of the 24? Four to five hours of of daylight. Oh wow. Oh wow. Stay strong, Jennifer. Totally. Totally. So then what are, what are the, what do you all get to do? Like, all right, I mean, you play like nighttime hockey, nighttime snowball fights. I do love nighttime sledding. Like, I, I think that's super fun. Hockey. It's good. Well, oh, it looks like uh, Heidi, Heidi Bat says, as we get into self-reflection time, how to stay confident on your contributions? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think your confidence on your contributions comes from your honest reflection of, did you deliver? And, and so, you know, when we talked earlier, how many commitments did you make that you delivered on and how many commitments did you make that you didn't deliver on? And from that place, you just know, and there's nothing good or bad about it. Like the other thing I push you all to do is eliminate good and bad from your vocabulary. Like it just is what it is right? You either contributed in a way that made a difference, or you know that you need to contribute different in 2023. It's okay, right? And so just know that you're going to be confident knowing that you can deliver what you want, and your contributes do, contributions do matter. I mean, one of the things that I'm really bad at is um, tracking contributions and celebrating contributions. Like, I don't do that. I'm like, one and done, on to the next, right? So I really let people know that, so like literally our CEO last week was like, um, Anita, do you just want to stop for a sec and be like, okay, good job team. And I'm like, yes, good job team. And now we have a lot of work to do, but like, you know, I asked people for help, um, on those things that I know make a difference to the team and they're maybe not my area of strength. I love that. And, uh, so Heidi, uh, if you want to know more about the sessions, we'll have them, uh, post in our Slack community. We'll also be posting, uh, to a couple different links. I'll go into it here when we go into the outro, but, um, we tell managers to catch people doing well, but we do that for ourselves too. Sarah Kinnig, that's a great question. How would you respond Anita? We tell managers to catch people doing well, but do we do that for ourselves too? Yes. I mean, I love that. And maybe that's like a good thing for you um, at the end of every week, maybe your vision and your vision, maybe I should add this to mine too, is that we celebrate. And so at the end of every week, you write down everything that you contributed and that you're really proud of that you did. And wouldn't that be cool? I did this for actually a lot of years. And so I did a gratitude journal where I wrote down five things I was thankful for every day. And so you could put it into that context where you're just like, every day I'm going to write th one thing I'm going to celebrate that I did better or different this year than I did last year. 
So that could be a way. I also want to touch on um, Teresa's comment. How do you bring this approach to other executives that have a more old school way of thinking? So the first question I like to ask is, is the current way of thinking working for you and your organization? Are they pleased with the results? And if they're pleased with the results and it's working, then I don't, you know, there has to be people, humans only change for two things, passion or pain. So if they're really passionate that the way it's working is working, like the odds of them changing are really low. And I think, you know, we tell everything in our behavior. So I like things that are high odds bets. If somebody's in pain though, and they're really old school, but their business is really struggling, then that's the time to go in and say, why do you think it's struggling? You know, what is it about your approach that you think maybe hasn't contributed to the business as powerfully this year? What would you want to change if you could change? That's when you get your curiosity mode on and you gently and calmly and empathetically ask some really thoughtful questions. And that way they're creating what they want to go do next. But unless there's passion or pain, I would give up. Like, you know, there's just no other way to change a human. That's a, that is a great topic. Um, well, let's, let's wrap up for today. Um, thank you, Anita, so much for taking on the Q&A and answering all those questions. And thank you all so much for joining us. If you'd like to get the link to view this video on demand, please visit us at bamboohr.com slash HR Unplugged or join our Slack channel. New episodes are available on our website. And from now on, we will also be posting the links in our community Slack channel as soon as they're live. We'll be back next year on January 10th for the first episode of 2023. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the series at bamboohr.com slash hrunplugged and, and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. If you like this show, a subscription is the best way to let us know. If you have anything else you'd like to share with us, there will be a short survey after the webinar ends. We really do hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. We can't wait to be back in 2023. Enjoy all the food that's coming this month. And thank you so much again. Thank you, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. See you in 2023. Do the survey so we know what we want to talk about. Let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bamboo HR. Visit us at bambooHR.com slash HR unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bamboo HR sets people free to do great work.